Hey, Mark here, and I'm calling in before today's episode with a little favour to ask, if I may, please. You see, today I'm changing the format of the Podcast Accelerator. I'm trialling a longer form deep dive episode, real specific actionable takeaways, and introducing my recommended podcast tool of the week. Now, the format is ever so slightly different. It is a little bit longer, and during this episode, which is a huge, deep dive, massive piece of free podcast education. During this episode, I'm going to break off for about 90 seconds to recommend a podcasting tool that I think will help you. And at the end, stick around because there's a new section at the end, which is three actionable takeaways that you can implement today based on today's deep dive. So let me know what you think of this new format, please. That's the favour that I'm asking. You can do that on Twitter, at Mr. Asquith. And you can get the written version of this over on my Twitter profile as well. Once again, that's at Mr. Asquith. And enjoy this episode of the Podcast Accelerator. The truth is that you and I, we don't know everything. And remaining humble is a skill and a mindset that we all as podcasters must practice and adopt so that we don't limit the potential of our podcast by letting our ego get in the way. This is the Podcast Accelerator. I'm your host, Mark Asquith. And, you know, I've talked about this already on the podcast. I have spoken about this very thing. In fact, I've given you the very same content. However, I've developed, I've changed I've improved the format, so I wanted to revisit this topic to give you some actionable tips as well. And I'm going to talk about why that's important as actually part of this episode, because iteration and just evolving is vital. But sometimes, like I said, our ego can really get in the way. Let's get past that on today's episode. Now, you can get a written version of this. Just a heads up before we get to the content, you can get a written version of this if you go to mark.live slash learn, mark.live slash learn. You can get this in written format along with a little bit more visual content on there as well. It's really, really useful. You can keep it, keep referring to it. All right. Now, we are going to talk about your ego. We're going to talk about getting out of your own way. I'm going to give you my, my podcasting recommended tool of the week and... Of course, I'm going to give you the three actionable tips that you can implement today to help you to overcome this challenge that I'm going to talk to you about. Now, of course, I've got to mention Captivate, the world's only growth-focused podcast hosting platform. I'm not going to wax lyrical too much about it. If you're serious about growing your podcast, you need to be hosting with a company that actually releases product to help you. Captivate does. Go and try it at Captivate.fm. And a quick sponsor shout out as well, Airweber is my email marketing platform of choice. I used it to build Captivate. I've used it to build podcast websites. I've used it to build businesses in the past. In fact, for the last 10 years, I have played and partnered with Aweber because they're a fantastic business. And actually, they've got a free plan now so you can build your email list and actually start turning a profit from that email list for free at mark.live slash email. So are you stopping the growth of your podcast? Hmm. Let's dig in. When I was younger, I could work for a lot longer without breaks. Now, you know, I'm knocking on, I'll be 40 this year and I get a little bit tired. It's not so much a physical thing. It's more of a mental thing. I think my ideas get a little slower to form and my ability to focus on learning and developing new things is a little hindered. 
And that's hardly surprising. You know, rest is vital to a successful and happy lifestyle. We know that. But the challenge that I often find personally is knowing what to do in order to develop myself after I've rested. Because there's so much these days that commands your attention. And and often, you know, as podcasters, you and I, we're running our podcast on the side. I'm not going to use the word side hustle because I'm not going to try and sell you a funnel course. (laughs) God, I hate that crap. So look... When it comes to producing our podcast, we do it by numbers, don't we? I've talked about this last week and the week before. You know, we sort of get into this routine of just producing our podcast. You know, the the production becomes the only thing we've got to quote unquote get through in order to keep our show going. But if you follow me for a while, you know that it's not just about keeping going. I've talked about it the last couple of weeks. It's about moving forward and growing our audience and growing with our audience. So why do we stagnate a little bit? Well, let's think about it. You know, we do. We all stagnate a little bit when it comes to production and creation. Well, stagnation comes, in my view, from continually treading water, but mistaking that treading as forward motion. Now, the production of our show is vital. We know that we have to produce the podcast. But if that's all we do, then we're treading water. To move forward, we've got to upgrade ourselves bit by bit in such a way that we learn new skills and in such a way that we learn to distinguish between when we're making a decision based on comfort, stubbornness, or an unwillingness to adapt. And the problem that I see a lot of podcasters face is that they don't know where to start with educating themselves on you know things like podcast marketing and promotion. Or, so they push harder into the things that they're comfortable with to patch over the mental wound of being anxious about starting to learn something new and uncomfortable. And I get that completely. We all push into, well, I'll get a new microphone. I'll get a Rodecaster Pro. I'll I'll get a a new boom arm or whatever. I'll, you know, I'll get some new intro music, all things that we've done before, things that are comfortable to us. And I get it completely. I really do. We all do it. Every single one of us at some point in our lives takes the easier, more comfortable, and I suppose the more known path. Now, the challenge then is that mentally we want to progress and we want to develop and we know that we're getting in our own way. But if we aren't careful, our ego slips into the mix and we begin to get defensive about our situation in such a way that it pushes us more and more into just a production cycle. Maybe you'll start to feel yourself thinking things like, hey, do you know what? I don't want to hear that feedback because I don't know how to act on it. So instead, I'll just produce more. And I'll just do more and more episodes so that I feel good about doing something. And, we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. But you can only do that for so long. After a, well, a much shorter than expected amount of time, you begin to get frustrated with that lack of progress again. Maybe your downloads aren't moving in the right direction. Maybe your audience engagement isn't where you want it to be. And the cycle begins fresh. It's hard to hear tough feedback. So you produce something you're comfortable with and you do more of it and more of it and more of it and you do that to make yourself feel better and off we go again. The cycle begins anew and that, my beautiful friend, is why we stagnate. So I think we've probably got to learn to be a bit more uncomfortable. And discomfort for a podcaster, well, it comes in many forms. Often it begins with an inkling or some feedback that the show that we love producing isn't quite as good as we think it is. Sure. You know, that can be subjective, but when enough people start saying it, we have to take an objective look at it. We've got to put ourselves in the minds of our listeners and have empathy for the thing that they're investing 
in, which is our show. Their time isn't free, and every time they listen, they invest a little bit more into our brand. What's more, new listeners might be experiencing the same thoughts as your stalewart listeners and simply choosing to go elsewhere for their content, resulting in slow audience growth for you and diminishing returns on the time that you invest in your podcast. Now, I've seen this countless times, and in fact, one of my very favorite shows has just stopped publishing for this reason. It really is such a shame. I was gutted when I saw it. But discomfort can also come from worrying that if we do accept, then we might need to make changes to our show. And if we, if we sort of agree that we might need to make changes to our show, then it might cause more work for us. And that can be really scary. After all, we are used to our production cycle and just getting through another episode so that we can say that we've done it, but when it demands thoughtful, highly considered new work, we can procrastinate, we can shy away from it. And this, in my experience, is the number one reason that, quote unquote, entrepreneur podcasters quit. They've been told that they can put it on autopilot or podcast in less than an hour a week with this free course. Well... I can play golf for less than an hour a week, but I'll never cure my slice or lower my score if I do, will I? Now, let's just go a bit further. I've distilled the reasons that we stagnate into three categories. Fear of extra work, fear of not knowing what to do, and our fragile podcaster ego. You see, when we start a podcast, we can do what we want. And sure, it remains our show But the second that people listen to it, we're making ourselves accountable to them. We have to deliver what they want. Otherwise, they get their audio fix elsewhere. I'm sorry, but they do. And what's interesting about podcasting is that our listeners choose to listen to us. Little old us, the indie podcaster in the bedroom, producing a show that we love. And so when they do give us feedback, it's from a real place of positivity and support. They want us to succeed and grow because if we do, we can give them more of the thing that they love. So, in order to progress, we've got to remove our ego from the equation first. Let's learn to understand that if someone gives us feedback on our show, they aren't usually attacking us or being ungrateful for what we produce and what we give to them for free. Instead, they're usually trying to help in their own way. But it's really uncomfortable to hear that our mic is too loud or the audio quality isn't great or that the format we love has become repetitive or, you know, insert your own criticism can't even say it. Insert your own criticism here. Now, if we can let go of the ego part, if we can let go of that, then we can actually use our audience positively and generate free feedback and user testing from our listeners without that much effort. And you know, we can actually build this into our episodes just by devoting a call to action to it. You know, look, hey, you got feedback for me? Cool. Just tweet me. Just tweet me at Mr. Asquith. Just tweet me. And... I'd love to hear it and I'll listen to it and I'll think it through and maybe I'll change some stuff based on it. We can make it into a call to action. And what's fun about this is that having removed our ego, we gain the important feedback, which in turn helps us with those other two stagnation reasons from earlier. You remember the fear of extra work and the fear of not knowing what to do. So let's consider this. A listener doesn't like your intro music. It happens. I'm sorry. And with our ego out of the equation, you objectively listen to it and realize that, hey, even though you like it and it reflected your ideas in the early days, your podcast has developed to a point where it no longer quite fits the brand that you're trying to put out. The tone of voice that you're aiming to attract 
new listeners with? Well, this gives you a starting point. You don't have to be afraid of what to do next. You, it's obvious you test some new intro music and you don't need to worry about it causing any extra work. It's a one-off project that just needs, what, two hours tops? That's a pretty simple example. I realise that, but it works for marketing or promotion as well. You could gain feedback from your audience on where they found your podcast or why they decided to try it. Let's assume then that a solid percentage of that audience found it via a friend or on Facebook or whatever and chose to listen because they loved the short form content that you produce and your no-nonsense attitude, whatever. That feedback has given you a specific next step. Work on a call to action that asks people to share on Facebook and to tell people that your no BS episodes are what, less than 15 minutes long and about whatever your niche is. So what I'm saying is you take what they've told you and you turn it into a positive and you use it. You know what to do and you know how to do it in just a couple of minutes because you've listened. Will that boost your audience instantly? No, it won't. Of course not. But it'll help. And if you use something like Captivate's measurable short links, the attribution links that we've got in Captivate, you can even track the impact. What impact does this new Facebook link have? And these small things mount up and help you to grow your audience. There is no one way to build a following, but there is one way to fail at it. And that is to get in your own way. Building anything pushes us to adapt and to develop ourselves, not only physically, but mentally too. We can learn to become comfortable being uncomfortable, which in turn pushes us to try new things and to test ideas without the fear of masses of extra work and without wondering, well, where do I start? You've got to do something to grow your audience. But the first thing that you should do and that you must do is to make sure that it isn't you holding you and your podcast back from greatness. Let me give you three actionable things that you can do right now to actually help with this problem. I'm going to give you them, but I'm going to tell you about this first. Writing high quality show notes is a vital part of a successful podcast, but it is often overlooked because honestly, it's a pretty cumbersome task. Captivate's dynamic show notes builder does the heavy lifting for you by allowing you to build unlimited show notes templates and to set specific templates as default for the podcast episodes that you publish. Your show notes also become dynamic when you use Captivate's advanced blocks and shortcodes to enhance your show notes by adding content that can be updated in one place and that, when changed, will then be updated automatically in every single episode within which that content appears. Blocks are reusable chunks of content that can be utilized in several templates at a time and shortcodes are single pieces of data that are either included from your Captivate dashboard, such as your single promotional link or information on the guest that you have interviewed, or custom shortcodes that you may have added to your Captivate dashboard, such as custom hiatus messages or privacy messages. Amy, Captivate's audio monetization and integration engine, works in a very special and highly useful way with the Dynamic Show Notes Builder 2. When uploading your dynamic content for use in your episode pre-roll, post-roll or mid-roll, you can also include links titles and text that will be dynamically inserted every time you use that content. Welcome to Dynamic Show Notes, brought to you by Captivate. 
with unlimited use included for free on every plan. Action point number one for getting out of your own way when it comes to your podcast ego that we all have. Action point one is break your state. Now, last week, I spoke about breaking your guest's state in order to catapult you into their psyche enough to become the one podcast interview that they want to share. In order to get out of our own way, you and I, we've got to do the same for ourselves. We've got to break our own state. The truth is, I'll be honest with you, you're really good at what you do and you know the subject that you podcast about really well. And I'll also be honest with you by telling you that that's both a blessing and a curse if you let it become one. Your job is to continually improve in all areas, whether that's becoming a better podcaster by learning more about how to interview or how to tell stories more effectively or becoming better at the thing that you podcast about so that you can continually share updated ideas with your audience. And look, I do this myself. I practice what I preach. This episode, like I said right at the beginning, is a great example. I've covered this topic before in the same words and actually only about six months ago. But I've spent time over the last few months getting better at what I do to help you as a podcaster. And so here I am covering this topic again, having added these three new action points. I could have just left it. I could have chosen a new topic to talk about today, but it's one, important that you hear this updated version. And two, important that I give you the very best that I have today. And I look, you know, again, I practice what I preach. I also spent a few hours last month upgrading my audio. I didn't change equipment, but I optimized what I had by spending time making my noise gate more effective. Thank you, Gary. By making my compressor work a little harder on my voice, there are less peaks and less troughs. And I set up some newly mixed templates for, for my recommended podcasting tool mid-roll content that you just heard. So ask yourself this as action point number one. What can you do today to break your own state and to become a little better for your listeners? They'll notice, believe me, people tell me that they've noticed my changes. They'll notice yours too. Action point two. Pick a focus for your improvement and for your learning. What are your gaps? Where are you anxious about starting something that you've always put off? Sometimes, like I mentioned earlier, we procrastinate a little around something that we're conscious that we either don't know much about or that we feel that we're not great at because it feels uncomfortable, doesn't it, to have to go back or or to at least have to consider going back closer to the beginning in one facet of something that we are already competent in. And I do this myself. Whatever hobby I have has its weak points. For example, my bass playing used to suffer from a severe lack of high quality slap bass capability. I just, I wasn't great at slap bass. I was decent. I was good enough, but I wanted to be better. I wanted to be really good. And so I spent a full year practicing that. I'd sit with a metronome at hundred beats per minute and it just, and I'd just do 10 minutes of just double thumb slap triplets. And I'd just do a thousand reps of that every day. And now I'm very, very competent at it. I'd do a thousand reps of that every day. That's all I did. I didn't play any songs, didn't play anything else. I just did that. That's it. Now I know that sounds like it's the same as the first action point, but it's not. The first tip is to get uncomfortable. 
and to make the decision to break your state. This action point is to choose something very specific that you know you're weaker at and to resolve to get better at it through focused quality practice. You will be so surprised about what you can achieve if you do that. So ask yourself right now, what's the one thing in your niche that you're weak at and what do you need to do and what do you need to practice in order to overcome that? Pick something. Dedicate real time to learning more about it and schedule in 10 minutes per day to practice or educate yourself. Your listeners will notice this too because you'll bring new context to everything that you do and you'll cement yourself as the go-to person in your niche for them. Don't let your ego get in the way, which is, you know, like I said, something that we're all guilty of sometimes. Don't let it get in the way by telling you that what you're doing is okay. Ask yourself instead, are you doing the best that you can? And action point number three, learn how to accept feedback and design iterative changes based on it. It's really hard to hear something that you might not like. I think we all struggle with that, but the sign of a real level of emotional intelligence for a creator like you and I is to understand what I mentioned earlier. Feedback is different from a personal attack. You know, unless people are just trolling, then screw them. But we can learn from genuine feedback. And when I say learn, I don't just mean change the thing that someone has told me they'd like to see changed. I mean that we can change how we approach the assessment of feedback. Getting out of our own way is about growth. And growth is about iteration. Just one more rep of something that makes us that bit better. The thing about feedback is that it's very often subjective enough that the element that someone is feeding back on may well require some work but it's unlikely that it should turn into the thing that that one person wants. And this is where the magic happens. Making changes to your podcast is really very often reactive. Someone mentions something that they'd like to see changed or that they don't like, and it eats you up for a little bit. And then one day you think, you know what, screw this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to change the thing. And the person feeding back notices it and they like it. But other than that, nothing happens. There's no fanfare. And no one else seemed to notice. Why the hell did I go to all that work? Instead of adopting that shotgun approach, which feels like our ego is sort of reacting to an attack, consider how you can learn more about the problem that the person feeding back has with whatever it is they're fed back on, rather than just creating a solution to it. This is a startup mentality. Love the problem, not the solution. I recommend spending five minutes actually chatting to those who give you meaningful feedback. You'll gain so much insight and they'll love that one of their favorite podcasters has spent time talking directly to them. And man, that builds advocacy so much as well. And then what I want you to do is think about booking out some quality time to design longer term tests that you can run on the thing that you receive feedback on. You're not just reacting and changing it. You're actually designing these little tests that you can run for a specific amount of time and and just gauge the effectiveness of. What is the person feeding back really getting at? What is their real desire with this feedback? And how can you tweak things to iteratively improve them for everyone who listens to your show and for the good of your brand? Try it. And remember this. The biggest threat to your success is getting in your own way. No one can stop you. But you. By being a little more mindful of that, you can build a strong brand in your space. Brand that is known for being receptive, open, and forward-thinking. Try it. 
Let me know how you get along, at Mr. Asquith on Twitter. And if you want the written version of this with much more visual content, including video content about my recommended podcasting tool of the week, you can go to mark.live slash learn or at Mr. Asquith on Twitter and press start reading. Until next time, thank you so much. Keep on captivating.